Welcome to Star Talk, a new podcast from the Durham County Sheriff's Office. I'm Clarence Burkhead, your Durham County Sheriff, and we appreciate you tuning in to learn more about the many exciting things happening at the Durham County Sheriff's Office. When I travel across the county in the city of Durham, I'm always talking to our local residents about reimagining law enforcement. This line of conversation came to a head about three years ago when I was outspoken about, out speaking about the tragic murder of George Floyd. I've been in law enforcement for almost 40 years, and I was very outspoken to denounce that incident. And we all saw with our own eyes and asking questions, how can something like this happen today in our society? As we all know, the months of May and June turned into the summer of 2020 were marked by streets of protest across the world and people everywhere demanding justice. Unfortunately for us in the profession, this also brought us down the road to calling for defund the police. We all remember defund spelled out in large yellow markings right in front of the Durham Police Department headquarters on East Main Street. In the end, I have always advocated for reimagining policing. And what that means is us trying out new ways to adapt and better deliver the services that we do in law enforcement. It is in that spirit that I welcome a guest who is on the front lines of the co-responder model. And he's joining me today on Star Talk to discuss a pioneering effort to help us all in law enforcement to better serve neighborhoods across Durham County. Welcome Ryan Smith, the director of Durham Community Safety Department. Ryan. Thank you, Sheriff Burkhead. I appreciate the invitation, and it's uh, good to be with you today. I look forward to the conversation. Ryan, let's start by telling us a little bit about you. I've known you for a few years now, mm -hmm. uh, you, your wife, Megan, and now your family. Tell us a little bit about you, and then we'll learn more about Hart. Sure. I've been in Durham now, oh, going on probably 14 years. Uh, my wife and I considered our home. Our children are, were born here. Um, I've had a long and winding path to get to where I'm at today. I, you know, 20 plus years ago, was finishing up Divinity School at Duke and thought I would follow my grandfather's footsteps to be a minister. And I guess I ended up following more in a way that I wouldn't have anticipated my other grandfather, who was a highway patrolman. Um, or maybe I'm somewhere between them when I think about it. Um, I, after Divinity School, I worked in the nonprofit sector for about eight years, um, doing supporting organizations uh, that were doing a range of good work from working with refugee youth to working with uh, children or with families who couldn't afford preschool to a whole range of other things. And finally came back and made Durham home, decided to go back and get my public policy degree. And then since then, have had, I think, the, the jobs that have been the best fit for me, best purpose. You know, I find a lot of joy and purpose in my work and, and never, uh, the job that I have today is the very best job I've ever had in my life. Um, before this, I've worked at the city before taking this role. I um, worked for the city's innovation team, but really what we were doing was work at the intersection of, of social justice, of criminal justice reform, um, developing programs to expand access to important services like expungement and driver's license restoration. And then when the city manager decided to uh, create this department, she asked if I would be the first director. And it's been a real honor and privilege and uh, the opportunity to work in collaboration with partners like you and others in our community who are committed to this work. And yeah, that's a little bit about them. No, Ryan, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. I think both grandfathers would be proud of the work uh, that you're doing and, and the paths that you have chosen. Uh, and the two paths that you mentioned, ministry and law enforcement, I think are a perfect intersect because what we do uh, is like 
shepherding a congregation. We're trying to bring communities together to save lives, uh, to improve the, the quality of life so everyone uh, can live a prosperous life. And, and then there has to be order uh, on the other side. And so I think you are well suited uh, through your heritage to do this work. And I'm honored to have known you for the m- number of years and the, the work that you have been doing. Uh, I've watched you from a distance. So tell us a little bit about where you are now with the HEART program. And and I'm often asked, what does HEART stand for? Uh, and I always butcher it, so I'll let you tell <laughs> us what the acronym represents. I'll start there. So HEART means Holistic Empathetic Assistance Response Teams. Um, let me first situate HEART in the department, uh, the department that I direct. So the Community Safety Department is a new department created two years ago, and it is a public safety department. We operate alongside the police department, the fire department, and emergency communication in the city of Durham. Um, each of those uh, either chiefs or directors report to a deputy city manager and, and work together as a team, even though that we are separate departments. That department was created in part to, to, to reimagine some aspects of public safety, and it was out of that work that HART was born through a lot of community conversation, through learning from other cities, through learning what we can from data, um, to try to challenge ourselves to think about um, people call 911 for a whole range of reasons, what you know. And historically, we've only had three buckets to sort them into, and each of those buckets is crucial, whether it be if your house is on fire and we need to send you know, our firefighters or you're having cardiac arrest and we need EMS, someone's broken into your home or you hear shots fired and we need law enforcement. There's a range of other reasons people call. And in the absence of having another bucket to sort them into that might include folks like social workers or peer support specialists or others who have um, real training in, in providing mental health services and other behavioral health services, a lot of that work has fallen to law enforcement. And I think that what we're seeing with HART and in some other cities across the country is developing a fourth bucket can, that can work alongside our other public safety partners so that we can send uh, the very best response to those wide range of calls, many of those being lower priority, nonviolent calls, where at the, at the end of the day, we have neighbors who have unmet needs, who need help connecting to services, and and not all of those require a law enforcement response. And HART is existing to try to begin to do that work. So at a high level, that's what HART is. What does it look like? We have four things that we do today that we didn't do a year ago. Um, you mentioned co-response. That's just one of them, but I'll come back to that. So we have a program called Crisis Call Diversion. It puts a mental health professional, a licensed clinical social worker in our 911 call center. And what that means for people who might be listening to this podcast is if you or a loved one are in crisis um, and you call 911, what we are better positioned to do today is to very quickly get uh, a mental health professional on the phone with you. It doesn't delay our response. You know, if it is, for example, someone, uh, it's a suicide threat call and the person has a weapon, we'll immediately dispatch responders. But we also have someone who can remain on the phone, who is skilled in de-escalation, who can help de-escalate if we can prior to responders arriving on scene. There's a lot of benefits that come from having that type of care in our 911 call center. And yep. that person is embedded in the Durham Emergency 911 center. Yes, they're in our department, but they are, they work there alongside our call takers and dispatchers. Yes, sir. That That is critical. And they're able to, to triage the call, basically, and get the appropriate response. And you mentioned if there is a suicide threat, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes that involves a weapon, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. How do we determine when to send law enforcement or, or not? Mm-hmm. And, and how do we make sure that everyone is safe mm-hmm. and, and we mitigate the risk? Great question. So 911 centers operate, you know, th- th- it varies how they operate. Our, ours uses um, a very scripted call taking process. So if you call into 911, that call taker, based on based on the type of need that you have, they're going to pull up a set of questions. And those questions are going to vary based on how you answer them. And at the end of you answering the questions that they're asking you, the computer will attach what we call a final permit, but is what kind of call is this? What kind of need? And to each one of those very distinct needs, and we have a lot of them, I think over 
over 1,500, you know, we attach specific response plans. Given what we know about this from the call taker, what do we think is the most appropriate response? And so if it is, for example, right now, if it's a suicide threat, if it's suicidal ideation, but the person does not have a weapon, then that is going to be appropriate for one of our community response teams. This is the second program I would talk about, which is a, a three-person response. Um, it is a licensed clinical social worker, a peer support specialist, and an EMT. They'll be dispatched from 911, just like we dispatch any other responder, um, with radios able to communicate law enforcement if needed, visible to 911, with the same computers in their car so that we know where they're at, uh, to go to that scene. Um, and we'll also have a clinician on the phone with the person. If it's suicide threat and person has a gun in their hand, they have a very clear plan, then in that case, that is a co-response call where it would be a, an officer and one of our clinicians riding together. Oftentimes, an, other officers will also be dispatched. Our clinician would remain on the phone in the call center with them. So it's based on what we learn from a call taker and then a recommendation of what the best response is. And another thing to stress is the benefit of our system here is if we're not available, there's no delay in response. It automatically represent, recommends what is the next most appropriate response. So if it's not us, then it would go back to, in this case, a law enforcement response if that was what the, the recommendation was. So it doesn't, even though we were not operating citywide, the benefit of that type of well-structured system was that there wasn't ever a risk that we were going to drop the ball and someone would get a response. So that's how. And I guess the last thing I'll say real quick is what we have seen in the first year is that we have a very strong track record of safety. We have had um, no injuries to our responders. Our responders, we survey after every call and they report feeling safe 99 plus percent of the time. We have radioed or police backup on, I think, 0.49% of calls. And that's going to happen. That happening is not a sign of um, that we're doing something wrong. It's actually a sign that we know that there's unpredictability and there's risk. Our teams are trained to know um, when they may need to escalate or require um, support in law enforcement. It's very rare. And when it happens, it happens as it should. And uh, so, yeah. No, Ryan, it really sounds like that we have a great program unfolding here in Durham, very akin to other models that I've uh, learned of uh, throughout the country from other colleagues and, and sheriff's offices across the country. Uh, I am so happy to hear that the, the numbers of uh, w- that we don't delay responses. And, and I knew that. Uh, but to hear you uh, talk about it and explain how it works and having that person embedded in the 911 center really uh, almost completely eliminates any delay getting services to our residents. Uh, and it also reduces us having to retrain the community because they still call 911. Mm-hmm. So really, uh, the sausage is made in the back end inside the 911 center. And we all know that law enforcement is not equipped to handle all of these calls. That's not what law enforcement has ever intended to be. And over the years, it has evolved into that. So having a program like this here in Durham, to me, as a sheriff, I think is a game changer, uh, one that I fully support and really happy about hearing more about it. We're going to take a short break. We're talking to Ryan Smith this morning, the director of the Heart Program here in Durham County. We'll be right back. I'm Durham County Sheriff Clarence Burkhead. We are hiring now. If you want to make a difference in our community, I want you to join our team. The Durham County Sheriff's Office offers a generous benefit package and a wide range of career opportunities. If you are at least 21 and have a high school diploma, we want to hear from you. Be the future of the Durham County Sheriff's Office. Join the team today. Visit DurhamSheriff.com.
And we're back to Star Talk. Today we're talking with Ryan Smith, director of the Heart Program here in the city of Durham. And we had a great conversation in the first segment, Ryan. And I want to talk about what's next for Heart. Uh, what's your vision and the city's vision for expanding it all across the city, and perhaps, hopefully, uh, in the county coming in the coming months? So our our vision first is you know what we've been trying to learn through our pilot this year is um, we're operating under the the hypothesis that these responses help better position us to meet the needs of some of our calls. And I think if they do, and I think that the first year has offered a lot of promising evidence and support that they help strengthen our overall public safety team and help us better meet the needs of some crisis, then I think long-term that needs to be available consistently like we would expect of any other first response. So that regardless of when you experience that kind of crisis, what hour or wherever you live, that we're able to dispatch the appropriate response. And obviously that takes some time. I think the immediate vision is, again, growing our to be able to meet the needs of all, all residents in the city of Durham. And that's the path that the current budget puts us on. So the city manager put forward a budget proposal uh, a few weeks ago to city council that would expand all of our programs citywide because in our first year we only operated some of them in a third of the city. So citywide, seven days a week and at least 12 hours a day. Um, and so that, that's the kind of immediate path we're on of growing our operations and being able to deliver that, um, that kind of service. And then I think beyond that, it's all this work is continuing to figure out how to do it better. And I think that we, these are, as you know, um, we deal with many, we, we deal with neighbors who have very sometimes complex needs, and those needs are situated within systems and communities that sometimes are under-resourced, and that makes the work very challenging. And so while I think we have learned enough to grow hard, the work that we really need to truly meet the needs of some of our neighbors and to do this work well is, is about more than heart. And it also is about heart getting better at the work that we do. And so we, you know, continue to take that, uh, that attention to the work over the coming year while we both try to serve more neighbors and serve neighbors better. better. Um, and I think beyond that, it's continuing to move toward something that's 24-7, just like we would expect of any other first response. Oh, that's really good news. Uh, and I'm really excited about the expansion. I know uh, Hart right now operates in, a, in about a third of the city. Uh, how did we determine or how did your department determine where to begin this pilot program mm-hmm. and, and what, what specific areas of Durham are we currently working in? Mm-hmm. So we took a data-driven approach. We looked at all of the calls that were eligible for our responses, and we selected areas that had the highest volume of eligible calls. Um, and then we also wanted to create one connected contiguous area. So we didn't get to every all of our high, high volume areas um, because they were too far apart. And because we were starting small, we didn't want it to impact response time. But largely, we started first by identifying some of our areas of the highest call volume and then built out a 12, we work in 12 police seats uh, that are largely uh, in kind of east and northeast Durham and, um, you know, a little bit just under 147 and we have a map on our website for residents but I would say don't look at the map too much because very soon we're going to just be citywide. Oh, that's outstanding and uh, obviously as the sheriff of Durham County uh, we have jurisdiction all over the county inside the city limits and certainly in the unincorporated areas. I'm excited to hear about how we expand this program uh, from, from, from Bahama to Parkwood mm-hmm. uh, and I think even though our numbers are currently low we do uh, respond to calls uh, of individuals being in crisis where 
it will be uh, a game changer once again to have members of HART uh, co-responding along with us or being able to take some of those calls in, in place of the deputies at the Durham County Sheriff's Office. It sounds like that's the direction we're going. Yes, I think so. And I, you know, I am, uh, there's very few things that I say no to because I just see a lot of opportunity and I love collaboration and the idea that HART might be available in the county one day is something and I'm very supportive of those conversations and of course that decision not up to me but yeah well as as the sheriff and uh, the board of county commissioners controls my budget and with every new initiative there is a budget uh, so you can count on me being an advocate uh, to expand heart when we get to that point and have those conversations with the board of county commissioners uh, let's talk about what's new in in this whole ram of co-responder models mm-hmm. uh, I know you've done some great work with the, the, the Bryan Institute uh, and, and other nonprofits across the country. What what other models are out there? What else can we learn mm-hmm. in this space about how we can better serve our, our special populations, but our populations in general? Sure. It's an exciting time in our country because we have cities all over the country in the last couple of years who have started programs, and there's a lot of interesting variation and difference among them. Um, you mentioned co-responder as one model. That model has probably been around the longest of, the, of those things. Um, and again, I think the most common way that model looks is with mental health professionals who are located within police or sheriff's offices. Um, I think we're seeing more variation in that model. So even in Durham, our model looks different than the, the most common model where instead of, of the clinicians sitting within the Durham Police Department, they sit in a separate department and it is a collaborative joint response between two departments. Um, I think the biggest thing that we're seeing in the country over the last one to two years is the rise of more and more programs that are developing non-law enforcement responses for certain types of calls. In Durham, you know, that's uh, trespass calls, suicide threat with no weapon, mental health crisis where there's no recorded physical violence, welfare checks, and a range of other things. Um, so that is a new thing. And even there, across the country, there's so much interesting variation. Where does that work live? Sometimes it lives in a whole new department like ours. Sometimes that work is situated in an existing department like public health or fire. There's variation on what those teams look like. We really believe in a three-person team. The more common model is a paramedic and a licensed clinical social worker. But we have added peers because we think the kind of lived experience that peers bring who may have been in recovery, who may have um, may have been formerly incarcerated, that the, the expertise that they have gained through the hard road they have walked can be really crucial in a moment of crisis and connecting with someone. Um, so it is, it is, you know, we obviously we have these models of putting clinicians in call centers. And um, you look to our, just in North Carolina, the variation we see Raleigh is a program they call ACORNS, which I would say is more about following up after. So it's not if so much of a first response is after law enforcement has been on the scene, they, they can send uh, officers and some clinicians to follow up. So there's a lot of different variations on follow-up like. Um, Greensboro has a co-response model. But one thing that sets Durham apart, and I won't say that we're um, entirely unique, but I would say a couple things. One is we have a very um, robust model. That is, we, we start in the moment someone calls, and then we have two different kinds of in-person responses, one without law enforcement and one that includes law enforcement, so that regardless of the risk, if we think having a, a mental health professional on scene could support neighbor, family members, and law enforcement, we want to do that. And then we have follow-up as well, which we call care navigation, which we follow up within 48 hours. I think a lot of cities are doing one or two of the things. And then the other thing that sets us apart is we're pretty fortunate for the level of support and collaboration we have on all of our public safety partners here. I do not think that is the case in many cities that I talk to where it can, you know, devolve into kind of turf wars or um, agencies feeling threatened or it becoming antagonistic. And we have, we're, we have, you're clear of that. And we've done that because I think of the leadership across each of our public safety agencies. Um, we've, I feel a lot of support from, from fire chief, police chief, you from Director Beeman and our communications. And I think that makes a lot more things possible and puts it on a more sustainable path. Um, so I'm, I'm proud of that, Durham. The level of
past. No, I could not agree with you more. Uh, you've meant so many things in, in, in that to unpack, Ryan, but you're, you're correct. The partnerships and the collaborations that we enjoy here in Durham, uh, in my opinion, are second to none. Uh, I'm familiar with uh, a program in Aurora, uh, Colorado, that's embedded in the sheriff's office and doing good stuff, and certainly uh, Cahoots in Eugene, Oregon, that's been around for almost 30 years. Uh, and so I think what I'm seeing is we're taking a little bit of each of those programs and others and really developing a Durham program mm-hmm. that, that I think is uh, going to lead the way. I, I, I am often heard saying that the Durham County Sheriff's Office, we're leading the way. Uh, we're leading the way in Durham in reimagining law enforcement. Durham is a resource-rich community, which I think allows us to be innovative and be creative because we have access to some of the great minds and some of the great nonprofit organizations working in this space uh, already. Uh, the trick is always how do we bring them together? Uh, and I think between your work with Hart and the city of Durham and some of the work that uh, we're doing at the Durham County Sheriff's Office and connecting those resources from employment to housing, mental health, social services, all under the umbrella of public safety is going to give us an opportunity to create something special in Durham. Would you would you agree with that? And, and I, let's I would. talk about that. Yeah. yeah and I, I think of a of an example of that. So um, you know, probably eight months ago, one of the one of the big conversations in an area of concern for some of our uh, businesses downtown or people who live downtown were about some of our neighbors who they were having repeated interactions with that made their employees, their staff, or others feel unsafe. And these were leading to a lot of emails to, to city council and you know questions about what can we do and why isn't it getting better. It led to uh, Mayor O'Neill and others. Uh, I think you were probably in those meetings well. Yes. Chair Brick had it t- talking about uh, a specific list of neighbors um, who you know for whom their the the downtown business and others uh, had identified. Since then, some things that we have done are really about partnership and collaboration. So folks on my team started meeting with first with uh, Gudrun who just retired and uh, staff who work in the Durham County Jail. So that included both uh, folks who work in the mental health pod or I guess the therapeutic housing unit and um, also uh, members of your team like uh, Sergeant Page who is just a delight. And we started building a partnership where we could better understand um, the needs of these specific neighbors which are often very complex. And I, I think what struck me was just how complex they are that we are talking about uh, people who are in and out of the detention center many times, often on things like second degree trespass, who are unhoused, who have in, in some cases severe persistent mental illness, who have no support network in our community, who may need regular medication and yet hard to maintain that um, when you when your day-to-day living conditions are so unstable. Um, and so we started meeting and talking about these with, uh, so that we better understand and then working with folks in your office that when those neighbors were in the detention center, we could send our team in to begin building rapport while they were, uh, while they were detained, uh, knowing that they would uh, most likely be released within a short period of time uh, so that we could meet with them there when they were released being notified so that we could meet them and then help get them to a place that they wanted to go and then partner with um, case managers at CJRC to try to see if we could maintain a longer relationship with them and provide a little more stability. And it's difficult in the absence of permanent supportive housing, but it's an example of how staff in the detention center and staff in county departments and staff in our departments are trying to work together really to build rapport and trust to understand needs 
athletes and then do the hard work, try to connect to services so that we can change that trajectory that is kind of a revolving door. Um, and that's hard work. And there's not a, it's not a quicker or easy solution. And uh, But it is indicative of the kind of thing you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There There is no quick fix. There's no one size fits all. We're talking about mental health. We're talking about uh, having sustainable housing. We're talking about uh, building a reentry council that is full of the resources that uh, the men and women who are coming out of uh, the Durham County Jail and certainly our prison system can can tap into those resources and be successful. Uh, and we're doing all of that in Durham and have been doing it for quite some time. And, and I think the great work that you're doing at heart is only going to take us to the next level. Uh, we've been talking to Ryan Smith, the director of the heart program here in the city of Durham. I'm Sheriff Clarence Burkhead. Ryan, as we take the last 90 seconds to wrap up, what would you want uh, those listening to this podcast know uh, moving forward? Oh, that's a good question. 90 seconds. <laughs> I want people listening to this podcast. Oh, that's tough. That is tough. Let, 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 it, let it be known that the sheriff of Durham County just put Ryan Smith on the spot. <laughs> uh, and and I'll, I'll, give, I'll throw Ryan a softball. The yep. work that you're doing in this space, uh, as I've said before, is a game changer. And I've had the opportunity to meet some members of your team, some of the heart team. Uh, we had a luncheon at Religious Coalition for Nonviolent Durham last week, and they were there. And it's really good to see them in the community. Uh, I've attended town halls here in the city of Durham. And to so to see your, your team interacting with the community and the issue that you mentioned in our downtown district, knowing that uh, members of heart were part of that discussion, as, as was I and the, the chief of police and others, uh, trying to help those individuals who uh, uh, were identified as needing help. Uh, and, and again, the work that you're doing and the work that we're doing at the Durham County Sheriff's Office is not to criminalize uh, someone's situation, whether it's mental health or being homeless. Uh, and, and we don't want to do that. And we want to get them all the resources that they need. Uh, so now with that being the framework. You la- get, thank last, you. You gave me a little thought. bit of time. Last thought. Last thought is um, I'm excited for the future, for Hart being able to hopefully expand and serve more neighbors. I'm very appreciative of the ongoing collaboration that we have in Durham that I think give me hope that while we have a lot of work left to do, that we're moving in the right direction. Um, I want everyone listening to know, I want people to increase their confidence calling 911. I know that we have neighbors sometimes in crisis who are concerned about doing that, uh, and I understand some of the reasons behind that, but I, I want folks to know that they don't have to learn a new number, call 911, and know that we have and are developing more of the uh, resources that can meet you in that moment of crisis or your loved one with compassionate care um, and help get people the care that they want and need. And then the last thing I'll say is we always want to get better at this work, and I know that's true for you too, Sheriff Burkhead, and I want people to know that we, we welcome and your, your questions, your concerns, your ideas for how we can get this better, uh, that we have, we're very transparent. We put a lot of data on our website. So if you haven't checked out, please do. Um, and come visit us. We're located at City Hall, Suite 1500. And um, yeah, we're we're there. Uh, come visit us, uh, email us, call me if you have questions. And I, again, appreciate this opportunity to be with you today, Sheriff Burkhead. Ryan, give us that website before we go. So the easiest way is um, uh, www.durhamnc.gov forward slash heart. 
very good. We've been talking to Ryan Smith, director of the Heart Program. I'm Sheriff Clarence Burkhead, your sheriff here in Durham County. Some exciting things going on in Durham, and everything we do at the Durham County Sheriff's Office is designed to save lives and enrich uh, the quality of life for all residents of Durham County. We look forward to having Ryan Smith back again, and perhaps you'll bring some members of your team the next time uh, as we are preparing for a series of podcasts here on Star Talk. Again, Durham County Sheriff Clarence Burkhead, thank you all for listening. <laughs>